Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Today I just want to speak to you for a little brief time and uh, do some teaching here this evening, or today, excuse me. But this is the weekend this great country of ours celebrates its birthday. Did you know that? Of course you did. Uh, this is the weekend that this great country celebrates 245 years. I remember being in school and we were celebrating the bicentennial. That's when they turned the country turned 200 years old. That was 45 years ago. I was in school when that happened. That makes me officially old. And I remember that like it was yesterday. But on this weekend, we fly our flags, we attend parades, we have barbecues. We celebrate our great country. We indulge in apple pie, ice cream, baseball games, all the traditional things that we do to celebrate the birth of this nation. Amen. But just as this nation was born on July 4th, 1776, every one of us must be born again. We must be born. We were all physically born the first time. But did you know the Bible says you must be born again? And that's what I want to talk to you about this, this day. First of all, let me tell you where our loyalty lies. Many times you'll hear, you know, country first, and I'm all about representing the United States. I believe this is the greatest country in the world, and I think each of you watching would agree with me. But here's the thing, as believers, our allegiance lies with Christ number one. Amen? It, it's not to the country, it's not to a political party, it's to Jesus Christ. Amen? And I want to read a scripture found in 1 Peter that reminds us of this. And it's uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Listen to these words. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, as, can I even say this? Illegal aliens to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. The point of that scripture is that this isn't your home. We are all sojourners. We're all exiles. We're all foreigners traveling through this land, through this life that's a short 83 years or whatever the average is nowadays, your lifespan. How many know that this isn't all it right here? Because if, this, if, if your satisfaction is based on this life, you're missing the point. It's great to be happy every day, but how many know that you can't be happy every day? But one day in eternity, you will be happy for the rest of your life because you're spending that with your Savior. So I want you to recognize we're traveling through this land. Many, many people right now this weekend are going on camping trips. But guess what? That place they're going to, whether it's in a tent, a trailer, a cabin, it's not their home. They're only staying there for a little bit of time, and then they're going to come back, and they're going to go to their home here. In the same way, our home, wherever it may be for each of you, is not your home. You're only traveling through. One day, you will be in eternity in your home forever and ever. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. So that's clear. We're, we're passing through. Now let's, let's talk about this 
uh, term I use, born again. We've all heard it. We've all said it. But do you truly know what it means? That's what I want to talk to you about today. Born again, the phrase, a born again Christian, it applies to people who have accepted Jesus as their Savior or Redeemer. To be born again in this sense is not an actual physical rebirth, but it indicates a spiritual rebirth. Say that with me, spiritual rebirth, amen. So if you call yourself a believer today, if you know people that are believers, then you can say with confidence that you have been born again. Another biblical term for being born again is called regeneration. I'm not going to get into that as much, but you may hear that term, he's been regenerated. It's, it's like a new, a new person. And that's truly what it is. Regeneration is an exchange of the old life for a new one. How many are thankful for a new life in Christ? Amen. The past is gone. The new is here, the Bible tells us. So here's what we know. If you are not spiritually reborn, you are not a believer and cannot have any part of the kingdom of heaven. That's black and white. These are the words of Jesus. And to help us look at that, I want to turn to the Gospel of John. St. John chapter 3. And we're going to read, I'm going to read the first eight verses. And this is the story of Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, uh, a Jewish Pharisee, a leader of the Jewish council. And he comes to Jesus at night in secret. So listen to these words found in John chapter 3. And this is where we see the term born again in the Bible. Verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one, everybody say no one. No, no one means no one, even in the Greek. It means no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. I mean, that's clear right there. That's black and white. Jesus' own words are saying, Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Verse 4. How then can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. That's the logical question he would ask. How can we be born again when we're old? Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And verse 5, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Let's pray and we'll continue. Father God, we just ask your blessing. Lord, expound uh, our minds, our understanding tonight. Expound upon your word tonight. That Lord, that we would have a, an understanding of what you mean by being born again. 
And Lord, help us, Lord, to share that message with those that we come across with in our daily life. And we pray your blessings upon those that are here this evening and those that couldn't be with us, those that may be watching online. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the problem with Nicodemus. Number one, he came by night. He didn't want anybody to see him. He's a man that was clashing. He wanted to have an understanding of what this, the way, which they called the early believers the way, followers of the way. He wanted to have an understanding of what was going on. And I believe truly the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, but he didn't want to just come out during the day and ask him. He would have been seen as a traitor of some sort. So he, though, the Holy Spirit was speaking to Nicodemus, and so he went at night in the secret, in the dark. You know that things take place in the dark because it's unseen. You think that people don't see, but God sees all, amen? God sees everything. So by coming at night, really John is also telling us about the spiritual state of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was blind. Just cover your eyes for a second with me. Cover both your eyes. And imagine... Imagine not only physically being like that, but spiritually. And that's where we were at. You can take your hands off your eyes now. It's great to see. Amen. But here's the thing. Nicodemus' heart was dark. It, he, he was spiritually blind. He had no light to guide him. And, and that's reflected by him coming at night because it truly was his spirit as well. It was darkened. It, it was not alive yet. Let me share a scripture with you found in John chapter 10, chapter 11 and verse 10. John chapter 11 and verse 10. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. It's talking about spiritual things. It's not talking about the, the, the physical things. But if we walk in darkness, it's because we don't have the light in us. The light being Jesus Christ. So, so as believers, thank goodness, we have the light of Christ that lightens our path, that tells us, hey, you're going off the wrong edge, get back on the path. How many are thankful for that light that puts us back on, on track? Now, for the next few moments, I just want to touch on three points here. The first one was, is Nicodemus didn't know who Jesus was. He truly did not know who he was. He recognized him as a teacher because that's what the word rabbi means. It means teacher. So he came to us as teacher. And he recognized that, but he truly didn't know anything beyond that. He didn't come out right and say, who are you, Jesus? Like we learned in our uh, Bible study this past uh, Thursday night when Saul knocked off of his, of his horse and a blinding light knocked him off. And he began to look up and, and stare and he heard the, the voice from heaven cry out, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? It wasn't like that. Nicodemus isn't saying that here. But you can see it implied because he says, Rabbi, we know you are from God because you do miracles. But who are you really? Who are you? He was, I, I really believe his spirit was, was just wanting to know, curious. I think that's all of us when we come to Christ. We're wanting to know who is this? Who is this God? Who is this 
son of God that I keep hearing about that's performed miracles, that's changed lives, that's, that's transformed lives. And that's where Nicodemus found himself. Here's my question for you today. Have you ever asked yourself, Jesus, or asked Jesus of this, this question, Jesus, who are you really? Who are you? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. In fact, you should ask that question because he wants to reveal himself to us. The reality is that you discover who Jesus is when you begin to ask him, when you begin to seek him, when you begin to pursue him. It's not about just attending church. We must yearn to know him. That is how we truly become born again, by yearning to know him, that I might know him, as it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I might know him and his power and his resurrection. Nicodemus didn't know him. The second thing, Nicodemus didn't have understanding. He didn't have the spiritual understanding that he needed to have. In fact, most people don't. If you, ask, if you ask most people on the street right now, they will tell you something like this following statement. Well, I believe that if you're a good person, you'll get to heaven. Most people will say that, that believe in a God. They'll tell you something similar to that. But we know that there's a lot of good people in the world. Who defines what's good? Who defines what's good but Almighty God? It's not me. It's not you. Because your definition of good is different than mine. But Almighty God has come down and shared His law with us. His gospel with us. Amen? So, so Nicodemus assumed because he was born Jewish and that he knew the scriptures and that he was on the Jewish council that, that it would be okay for him. That he would one day be in, be in heaven. But Jesus says, you must be born again. He said, surely, surely, I tell you. And the King James says, verily, verily, I tell you, you must be born again to see God. See, it doesn't matter your degree or if you even have one. Your degree or your pedigree or what you drive, where you live, where you were raised, what color skin you are. None of that matters. We must be born again. Nicodemus is now beginning to ask the right questions. In verse 4 of John chapter 3, Nicodemus asks, How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Again, now he's, he's starting to ask the right questions. God's Spirit draws you in, and then as you are drawn in, you begin to ask that question, Lord, who are you? What must I do? Those are the types of questions that the Holy Spirit will cause you to ask of yourselves. What do I need to get rid of in my life? What do I need to begin doing to... To, to develop this relationship with you. Which leads us to the third point. Nicodemus needed to be transformed. He needed to be transformed. And he didn't know it. That's the sad part. He was a religious man going to synagogue, going to the temple, going to church. But yet he didn't know he was lost. He didn't know that he would never see the kingdom of God. Yet, he was there every single time the doors were opened. 
He was there sitting in that back row or on the front row, wherever his favorite spot was. He was there every time the doors would open. But he had not been born again. Listen to the words in, in verse 5 through 7 of John chapter 3. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus is declaring, we must be born of water and the Spirit. Now let me just set this straight right here. This isn't saying that you have to get baptized to enter the kingdom of God. That's not what he's saying there. Because if he was truly saying you have to get baptized to enter into the kingdom of God, then what Jesus Christ did on the cross, when he died for you on the cross, wasn't enough. And we know that what Jesus Christ did on the cross was enough for each of us here today. Those that believe that baptism in addition to the cross saves you, there's a, there's a biblical term for that, a theological term called biblical or baptismal regeneration. They truly believe, uh, it, there's many, there's different religions that believe that. The Catholic Church is one. They believe that you must be baptized or you will not get to heaven. And the Bible clearly does not specify that. Let me just remind you again, water baptism is simply an outward testimony of an inner spiritual experience of salvation. Again, if you believe that baptism saves you, then the finished work of the cross was not enough. And I don't want to be wrong, but I know what Jesus did on the cross was enough. He paid the price once and for all. He said when he died and rose again that the price was paid for you, that your sins were forgiven once you received that. See, when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for your sins. And what did, what did he say on the cross? He said, it is finished. Not only his job of, on earth, on his earthly ministry, but salvation for you now was finished. It was complete. You were now able to receive salvation free from him by just turning towards him. Everywhere in the Bible where it mentions someone was baptized, they first repented and believed. The Bible says they believed and then they were baptized. That's, and I'm not, not knocking baptism, I believe that's one of the ordinances of the church, that we baptize believers. So let's make that clear. We baptize believers. Anybody that comes and asks God to come into their life, God forgives them of their sin, they are now entitled to be baptized. Amen. Because that's what the Word of God says. Believe, repent and believe, and be baptized. That is what you do. That is what the Scripture says. But the question for you today is this. Have you truly been born again? Have you truly been born again? To be born again is for the Holy Spirit to come in and dwell inside of you to cleanse you of your sins, to completely transform you from the inside out so that you could point to the old man, to the old woman and say, I'm not who I was anymore.
I'm not who I used to be because I am now a new creation in Christ. According to 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are new creations in Christ. Other places in the Word tell us how you will know if you've been born again. You want to know that? You want to know how you know if you've been born again? Listen to these. Believers, born-again believers, do what is right. You do what is right. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 29. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. See, the old man, the old woman, wouldn't have thought to do what is right. They would have just done what was the natural tendency. Because I know that. That's how we thought. That's how we used to think. That's how we used to operate. That's how we rolled. But not anymore. We do what is right. Amen. In the sight of Him. We do what is right. Secondly, born again believers turn from their sins and to God. Guess what? Being a born again believer doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you won't ever fall flat on your face. Doesn't mean you won't sin. Doesn't mean that things are always going to go perfect. They don't go perfect with Pastor Rick and Pastor Anna. They never have. And they never will. But I know this, that I can trust in God Almighty. Listen to the scripture here. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them, they cannot go sinning because they have been born of God. You see, there's something that happens when you are born again. All of a sudden, it's this thing called the Holy Spirit that begins to just rise up in you when you're tempted to do something that is not the will of God for your life. The Holy Spirit will say, no, 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 come on now. You know better. You know better, and I think everybody here and those watching online know what I'm talking about. We turn from our sins and we turn to God because we've been born of God. The next point is, born-again believers love one another. We love one another. There's a, there's a scripture that's found in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. And it says the following... Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And I'm not talking about superficial love. I'm not talking about love that just uses you and then dumps you. That's not love. I'm talking about a deep love, a love that sees past your shortcomings, sees past my shortcomings, and chooses to forgive in spite of. That's love, amen? Because that's what Jesus did for all of us. He looked past our shortcomings and said, I love you so much. I forgive you. And in fact, I'm going to go to the cross for you. Even if you were the only person here, I would still do that. We love one another. Another scripture in the Bible reminds us of, of that because it says that the early church was noted for the love they had for one another. It was pats on the back. In fact, in the, in the first early church, the, the apostles, the Bible, the Word says they greeted each other with a holy kiss. They kissed each other. I can just imagine Peter kissing, you know, Stephen and, 
John kissing, you know, uh, Nathaniel and so forth on the cheek and says, That is how they showed their love for one another. Amen? Now, that sounds kind of weird nowadays, but that was the true love they had for one another. Another point here is born-again believers overcome the world by faith in Jesus. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 say this, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Let me just stop there before I read the rest. Did you know that? You have already overcome the world. Whatever situation comes your way, you've overcome the world. How? This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe and put your faith in God Almighty? Then you have overcome the world by faith in Christ Jesus. We need that today more than ever. And the last point here is, born-again believers believe Jesus is the Messiah, God's only chosen Savior. We must believe that He exists, that He is who He says He is. He is the great I Am, the Bible says. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1 says the following, Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. We as believers are identified as born-again believers because we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It's not anybody else that claims to be the Messiah, and believe me, there have been many, and there will be many more to come, the Bible says, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be the Savior of this world. God's only chosen Savior was Jesus Christ. And He's made Himself real through the words of the pages of the Bible. He's made Himself real to you by praying when you get alone with Him and make yourself at his, or put yourself at His service and say, Lord, here I am. Like David did, King David. He would often pray a prayer like that. Just get alone. If you need to pray a prayer like King David, I would suggest going to Psalms 51 and reading Psalm 51 and make that your prayer. Cry out a prayer of repentance. Cry out for mercy. Cry out for His grace because that's what David did in Psalm 51. And the Messiah, the Savior, will make Himself real in your life at that moment. Let me close this, this day by just asking you these questions. As born-again believers, do you obey the Lord? I want you to ponder that. Don't, don't answer that out loud. Just, just think of, of these questions. Let them swirl around in your mind. Have you turned from your sins? Do you love one another? And I'm not just talking about putting on the nice face when you come to a church building or a church service. But what about behind closed doors? What about when you're out and about? Do you love one another? Do you have faith in Jesus? Do you believe that He is who He says He is and that He can do all things? Do you have faith in Jesus? 
Do you have saving faith? Has that faith saved you from your sins? I would even say. And the last thing I would ask you is, do you believe He's the only way you can be saved? Because the Bible says He is the way, the truth, and the life. That there is no other way. See, nobody else said that. Muhammad didn't say that. Gandhi never said it. Confucius never said it. Buddha never said that. Only Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those three things, don't forget about that. He is your Savior, amen. These are all signs of being born again. Each of us must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Why don't you bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, those that are watching online right now, those here present, Lord, I, I pray right now a special prayer for them. I pray, Father, right now that they would begin to seek you, Lord, much like Nicodemus did at first. Nicodemus came at night, but Lord, ultimately you revealed yourself to him and he began to pursue you, began to follow you. Lord, I ask you right now, put a desire in our heart, a deep desire, Father, that we would want to follow you, that we would want to just pursue you, Father, like never before. And we pray, Lord, for every person watching right now, I pray, God, that you would make yourself real to that person. The one that's been questioning, who are you, Jesus? Are you really out there? Do you really hear my prayer? I pray right now for you, if you're watching this. In fact, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. If you say a prayer like this, and, and you recognize and mean these words with your own heart, with all of your heart and soul and being, the Word of God says that you are now a child of God. To be born again of water and the Spirit. It's a spiritual experience, a spiritual conversion. And the prayer goes similar to this. And if you're out there watching, repeat these words with me. In fact, let's repeat these all together. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Lord, I know you went to the cross and died. You died for me and you rose again on the third day. And I receive you right now into my life as my Savior, as my Messiah, as my Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you pray a prayer like that, the Bible says that you are born again. It's that simple. Now, the next step I would tell you is join a church. Hook up with us here if you're watching this. Hook up with another church that's in your area. And then you need to be baptized. According to Matthew chapter 28, I would encourage you to do that. Born again. The, the, the party in heaven has begun. Did you know that? When one soul comes to the Lord, the angels party. They rejoice over that one soul. So heaven is rejoicing today over that soul that's watching that got saved. Well, God bless you. One more time, we're going to pray a blessing over each of you here. Bow your heads one last time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' wonderful name. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed weekend. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.